Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it's Talking Ish with your commish, and we are back for another special edition. It is summertime, 2018, and summertime is always fucking slow, because let's be real. Do you watch baseball? I mean, I watch baseball every now and then, but baseball's boring as fuck. Baseball was like invented like hundreds of fucking years ago by guys who like talked funny like for whatever reason back when baseball was invented everybody talked like this ready this is how they talked hey hey she we're gonna go over there and we're gonna hit this stick we're gonna hit this ball this stick and then we're gonna go over there she and that's how we're gonna get it done and we're gonna go have a glass of whiskey and slap our wives that was the 1920s or whenever the fuck 1900s 1800s whenever baseball was invented baseball boring as fuck gotta move on because there's other things on the horizon we thought basketball might be able to fill the summer void the Sixers came out, and they said, hey, we're going to go uh, star hunting. Well, they went star hunting with a butter knife. And what did they get? A loaf of bread. And they can't even butter that because they got guys that are signing, and then they're not signing. They go after superstars that they can't land and superstars that they can't trade for. So I'm, I'm over it. I'm just going to hope Markel Fultz actually turns out to be a player. But you know where my eyes are? They're on the football season. They're on this fantasy football season. They're on this podcast because, you know, I miss doing this stuff. It's all I got. It's my outlet to talk to myself like an insane person in my basement, which is like therapy for me. There's a lot of changes coming this year. Uh, you may have noticed I changed the introduction because 4th and 26, while it was a great Eagles moment at one point in my life, it's really not anymore. There's the creme de la crop of Eagles moments that all happened this year in 2018 in the Super Bowl. And that's all I need to remember. I don't need to remember Donovan McNabb and to Freddie Mitchell for 4th and 26. So the intro has been changed. But that's not the only thing that we're changing. The commission is trying to step up the podcast game every single year. And that's why we have shifted our focus from being just a fantasy football podcast to maybe being able to branch out a little bit. Because who knows, guys? Maybe one day I'll be fortunate enough to be able to do this for a living. But you need to be able to build your resume now. And I'm trying to set myself up to be able to do that. So I'm looking for your guys' help. Rather than this just being strictly the fantasy football podcast for our league, which it will be always first and foremost, I am issuing you guys a little bit of a uh, an ask, if you will. I'm asking you guys for something. So rather than just distributing this podcast locally to you guys and having you be the ones who listen, I want to gain a wider audience. So yes, we will first and foremost talk about our fantasy football league, which may be annoying to some people who are not in it, but... I think you may be able to appreciate the humor still. It'll still be a big part of the podcast because I would never do that to you guys. And I'm too lazy to start a brand new podcast. So I'm just going to use this as a platform for, hey, one day maybe I'll get discovered by WIP or 97.5 The Fanatic for some nighttime shift that doesn't matter to anybody, but it would be fun for me to do on the weekends or something. I would do the fucking like 12 o'clock graveyard shift on one of those radio stations. I would have no problem doing that because I have nothing else to do. And that would be very fun for me. So if you could, share this podcast with your friends throughout the season. Tell somebody you know, your friend, your family, your auntie, your uncle, your dog, 
Let them listen to the podcast. See what they think. If they think it's funny, great. Have them, tell them to subscribe. Tell them to keep listening. If they think it's shit, let me know. So I'll just stop doing it and maybe just off myself in the backyard. So that's to come this year. This podcast, though, in particular, is going to be specifically for you guys. Because you guys have made this all possible. And you tolerate listening to me for some reason. I don't know if you actually do listen. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just tell me you do to make myself feel better. I don't know. Either way, stroke my ego let me feel a little bit better about myself. Because, guys, I need it. I need that kind of shit. But anyway, uh, the podcast this year is going to move from Podomatic to a host called SoundCloud. I'm sure you're familiar with. Because there's lots of, like... 17-year-old black kids from Florida that have seemingly found a way to make this the most profitable thing for themselves by marketing themselves on SoundCloud. So now I'm going to SoundCloud. And to be honest with you, Podomatic, I never wanted to stick with Podomatic. Podomatic, if you don't know, is a podcast hosting site, which means that's where we host the feed to the podcast to allow us to be able to go to places like iTunes. And Podomatic had a limit on the number of like megabytes I could upload per month and all this other bullshit that just didn't work out for me. So I'm moving to SoundCloud. I'm actually moving to a paid subscription. So now I'm paying $10 a month, essentially, to be able to just put as many podcasts as I want out. And speaking of podcasts and quantity of podcasts, this will mark the 43rd podcast for Talking Ish with your commission, which means we're only a few episodes away from number 50. And I have something special planned for that, so don't you worry. This season... I am going to be active on Twitter. You can follow me at Talking Commish. That's Talking, no G, Talking Commish on Twitter, at Talking Commish. Make sure you follow. Make sure you, I'll follow you back because that's kind of, I want that's. I want it to be interactive. I want a, just another platform for me to be able to chat with you guys throughout the season. I'm going to post funny shit during games on Sundays. I love doing that. It'll be fun. So look out for that on Twitter. Also coming uh, soon. You'll have Talking Ish. Withyourcommish.com, our talking, talking commish most likely.com. I don't know what domain names are available yet. Haven't ventured down completely, but the website has been designed. There is a website. It is somewhere I will go to, yes, once again, post more of my shit because I'm trying to just, I'm trying to see what happens this year. Maybe I can throw it out there and people will listen because I do more than talk about just fantasy football. I talk about all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm going to tell you this story real quick, then we'll get back into some more news about the league, but I got a tick on my dick. Have you guys ever gotten a tick on your dick? And I'm not talking like, oh, a tick on your shaft or a tick on your balls. I'm talking about a tick right on the head of your penis. This tick was so small that I thought that it was just like a speck of dust on my dick that I could flick off. And I was just flicking it and flicking it. And like eventually I'm like, wow, that fucking hurts. No, don't ever flick the tip of your dick. That's not fun. And I'm flicking it and flicking it and flicking it. It just won't come off. So eventually I'm just like, I'm trying to just like scrape it off with my nail. That's not working. I'm like squeezing it, like literally like squeezing like my dick, like I'm pinching myself on my, the tip of my dick, and I cannot get this tick to let go. And then I realize, oh, holy shit, is this a tick? Because I had just played a round of golf at Frog Rock, which if you've never been to Frog Rock, do yourself a favor. Get out to Hamilton, go to Frog Rock. Beautiful course. If you don't mind, you know, uh, fairways that really have no distinguishing characteristics from the greens, um, and I don't mean that in a good way for the greens. I mean that in a bad way for uh, bad way for the greens. There's no distinguishing characteristic pretty much between the fairway and any boundary on these golf courses. But what makes it so great? You pay like 22 bucks. There's hot dogs and beer. And it's like some fucking like old guy who runs the place. And you go and you play around and nobody's around. You're out in the middle of farmland USA. Blueberry fields and shit. Commercial farmland just crossing, like literally crossing right in front of you. 
in the, on like the 16th hole. Like it's great. It's beautiful if you want to just go to a golf place where you don't got to worry about being any good or some fucking bag of dick bags up your ass trying to rush you along. You can just go and relax, smoke some duber, bring as many beers as you po- fucking possibly want and just have a good time. So I went there with Phil. We're golfing. I'm actually playing like some of the best golf I've ever played, which for me is like shooting a, like a 110 because I'm not very good, but I'm consistent in that I'm bad. So my theory is that I was taking a piss out there in Frog Rock, had my ding dong out, and I'm in the brush just taking a piss out in nature, enjoying a nice summer Friday. And a tick just jumped on my dick and latched on. That's probably what happened. Now my fear is I've got like cock ticks and like their eggs are like in the head of my cock. And one day I'm going to like shoot a load and it's just going to be fucking ticks everywhere. Jen's going to start having to wear like frontline or something just to prevent like ticks in her pussy or something. I don't know. Anyway, changes are coming, as I said. And like I, I, I will tone it down briefly for the, for the ma- mainstream audience. I'll at least turn down the racial joke. Not that we ever said anything, you know, that crossed the line. At least, I mean, yeah, maybe we did, but nothing that was like offensively crossing the line. Maybe offensive to some who, like, honestly just need to, like, stop being a pussy. But I would never say anything too insensitive. But I will tone it down for the audience to get a little bit more PC with that sort of thing. But everything else is fair game. Ticks on dick stories, all that stuff is fun. So just to fill you guys in on what else is going on here around the makeshift studios, because we have had some major changes over the last couple of months. Um, As you know, the draft is coming up on August 25th. That is a Saturday, August 25th. I think most of the people that responded to my initial text said that that was a good date. So hopefully you can all still make it on that day. And I promise you it will be a lovely affair. This is going to be the best draft to date because we have a big thing planned. And in preparation for the draft, we are trying to get the studio and just the general vicinity of the makeshift studios ready to go. So I've been working effortlessly to clear out all of this shit. That this dude that lived here before me left. Like, I've been in this house now for almost almost three years, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, if I'm doing my math right. Maybe like maybe like two and a half, three years, whatever. Um, I am finding shit constantly. Like it's like a never ending hunt for what John Hill left behind. John Hill was a weird dude. He left he would he'd literally hoard everything. If it was a little fastener to some table he once owned. I don't know if he was thinking, like, maybe that table will come back. I threw the table out, but maybe it'll come back. I'll have these fasteners waiting to go. So I've been throwing shit out. I've been clearing out the area because I want to make sure that we have enough space and that there's a good ambiance for all the activities that are going to go on here draft day. In the studio itself. Last year, if you'll recall, I had a little art project on the wall where I learned some valuable life lessons about painting and why you shouldn't use spray paint inside, like it says on the can, but... Sometimes you jump the gun. You get an idea in your head. You don't necessarily read the instructions because sometimes you don't need it. Life doesn't need instructions, but sometimes you do. And in that case, I did. And I spray painted that monstrosity of the Makeshift Studios logo on the wall. It stunk up the joint for like even still to today. So I wanted to like class it up a little bit in here and get prepared for like maybe one day. Who knows? Maybe I can convince somebody, some poor schmuck to come on this podcast as a guest. And if I have a guest in the podcast, in the studio, I want it to look like fucking legit. So what we've done is I got... Oh, man, I'm sorry. I've been drinking beers again, and I just keep burping. I apologize. Anyway, I went out to Home Depot, and I bought myself a uh, an orbital sander. And I literally spent 
probably like the better part of like three, four hours sanding that art project off the wall. And I was smart this time because last time I was spray painting. I didn't even wear like a respirator or, or goggles or anything. And I was fucked up for like a good solid two months. Like I was breathing in just pure spray paint, which is like huffing glue to the max. So this time I went out and I got a respirator. I made sure that while I was doing the sanding, that the dust particles from, because like I would sand this thing. There's layers of spray paint. Like I'm talking like probably like a solid, like three cans of spray paint on the wall. And it was creating like a dust cloud in here. And I'm like, like an idiot though. I didn't open the window because I didn't anticipate how bad it would be. I'm like, oh, I had a fan going. I'm like, oh, it'll just, you know, it'll like figure itself out. No, it was just literally like a dust cloud in here. It looked like fucking 9-11, like a building collapsed. And there's just dust everywhere. So, of course, like I half-assed the whole like job of trying to take your furniture out and shit before uh, you do something like that. Like before, normally before like people paint or something or have some kind of project where things are going to get a little bit messy. You take all the shit out because you don't want it to get fucked up or you put over like a cloth or like some kind of sheet. Like you're uh, Dexter and you're like murdering somebody. You don't want to get blood on the carpet. Um, So I didn't do any of that. I just left all the shit in here. So then everything was covered in like spray paint soot. It was like this black, just terrible shit all over my stuff. So I had to like literally go piece by piece of all of my stuff that was in this office and just rinse it off, clean it off, do a thorough, deep clean. And as I'm speaking it in this microphone right now, I don't think I cleaned the pop filter, so I'm getting a little high on the fumes of the spray paint. So I got that going for me. So it takes me a couple hours to get that fucking piece of shit off the wall, and of course it left behind one of the most like horrendous drywall damages I've ever seen. Honestly, I probably should have just replaced the drywall, but what am I, fucking Bob Vila? I don't know how to do home improvement projects. It's bad enough I like I'm using a like an orbital sander. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing there. So. I just let it go. I'm like, I'll paint over it. It'll be fine. And I decided to paint the entire office midnight green. And I got to say, you can go to Home Depot. You can get this midnight green paint. Like, it's not, it's like no more expensive than any other fucking paint. And it looks great. It looks great. Is the paint job pretty shitty? Yeah. But like, what do you want from me? Like, I'm not a professional painter. Uh, there's, there's marks on the ceiling and shit that I might have missed. And, you know, a couple of bare spots. And maybe I should have you know, sanded this or spackled that, but it is what it is. What's going to look nice, though, is all the shit that I got to put up on the walls to cover some of these spots, and I honestly don't think you'll even be able to notice it because I got some I got some big pieces. So what's going up on the wall? It's not your juvenile, petulant shit that I've typically put up on the wall, though there will be some of that within the office. It's going to be some, like, nice framed stuff that I've collected over the years. If you guys didn't know... My dad actually used to own a sports memorabilia store. So he has like a shit ton of stuff left over from those days. And a couple months ago, my dad decided to have a draft for all of his shit because he can only keep so much. And he kept like the cool stuff. Like he's got stuff from like old, old, old sports. He's got a pair of Muhammad Ali like signed gloves. He's got uh, like shit signed by like Babe Ruth and shit. Like it's it's like intense. Some of the stuff he's got. He's a major collector. I don't know if you know that about Dino. Dino is a major collector, kind of in a weird, creepy way where it's like 
you know, he's meticulous about certain collections. But anyway, he's got all of this stuff left over, like old sports cards, some more signed memorabilia, like shit that he just like does not have space for because he lives in Ocean City. It's not like he has like a bunch of space to display all this stuff. So he's displayed all of the most valuable stuff and like whatever was left, my brothers and I got to have a little draft for because my dad's fair that way. You know, he's not going to just pick Eric, who's probably his favorite and give Eric all the shit. He's going to be like, you know, Andrew's a piece of shit, but I'm going to give him some stuff. And, you know, Brent's a bigger piece of shit, but, you know, I kind of like him for that reason. So I'm going to auction all this stuff off. So I got a, a couple cool pieces from that. I got some some signed Philly stuff. I got a signed Jimmy Rollins poster. Uh, I My dad, after the Super Bowl, went a little nuts and bought everybody uh, some signed Eagles shit. So I've got Nick Foles holding up the Super Bowl trophy sign. By Nick Foles. Big dick dick. I can't wait to put that thing up. It's my like most valued possession. In the draft uh, between my brothers, there was three pieces of signed memorabilia. I had first choice, and it was a tough choice. So there was a signed Eric Lindros game jersey, and there was a signed Chase Utley poster. I kind of thought, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be able to find Chase Utley somewhere. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find an Eric Lindros game-used signed jersey. So I went with that, and I got the Lindros, and I'm going to put that up. Even though Lindros was a loser, he never won anything. Goddamn Jersey Devils and Scott Stevens knocked him out, and he probably can't even spell his name now. So that's the kind of shit that's going up on the wall. It's not going to be some of the, the random crap we've seen from time to time, and that's probably what's going up. Um, I've got some newspapers I've framed from the championships we've won over the last couple of years, because if you'll remember, I'm not just a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm a Villanova basketball fan. We've had a lot of success, two championships in the last couple of years. So that shit's going up on the wall. Um, I have also introduced the TV into the office, because sometimes I like to do this podcast whilst watching sports. So hopefully, at some point this year, I will get a visitor that will join me in the studio for some podcasting, because now you will be comfortable, you'll have drinks, I'm going to have a liquor cabinet in here eventually, it's going to be the real deal, and I really, really hope that I will get some guests this year, even though some of my most frequent customers, like Dave and Mike, have moved on. Mike has now uh, moved to Cleveland, officially, I guess, Um, so good on you, brother, good on you, you know, you just... Out in Cleveland, you know, got a house and shit. You know, just you and Ziggy scratching your balls all day. And maybe you'll get a job soon. I don't know. It's pretty uh, it's pretty nice with the whole fun employment thing you got going on. I'm kind of jealous at, at the same time. I'm a little worried about you. I'm a little worried you might, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just kind of like fade away into your couch or something. Like, you know, like Thanos will just make you <laughs> disappear something no i'm not worried about you at all mike i know you'll get your shit together once you feel like getting a job um but for now you'll just watch drew carey and price is right and murder she wrote and all the other things that middle-aged women do so mike was over for the uh a little preview of what was to come for the draft because we weren't sure if mike was gonna be able to make it so i think the cat's kind of out of the bag i was trying to keep it a surprise but you know people don't to keep surprises well. So what I was trying to do this year that's a little bit different than previous years to give you a little preview of what's to come on August 25th. Uh, that's a Saturday, August 25th, draft day. What you can come to expect is that we were going to have a the first ever draft order nomination games. The dongs, if you will. Uh, this will basically be a combine of sorts, to decide the fantasy football draft order. 
So rather than just doing some boring shit where we hit golf balls or pull names out of a hat or try to fuck a pig or whatever you want to do to determine the draft order, we're going to have a little bit of just healthy competition. And it's going to measure you in all these different areas of your natural being. It's not going to just be your athleticism. It's going to be your mental prowess and your dedication to the football knowledge that's required to be part of a fantasy football league, as well as the skills of being a man, if you will. So there's lots of things, lots of activities. But basically, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to let you in, because that's what the commission does. He gives you a preview, doesn't give you the whole thing. It's like a peek under the tent. It's like a girl wearing a skirt, shows you the puss, but not the whole thing. You got underwear on. I'm not a skank. I don't sell out. I don't... I'll just give you all of the goods at once. So you'll have to come to draft day to see the whole thing, the whole package. But for now, here's what I'm going to tell you. There will be 16 events in four categories. So 16 events, four categories, four events in each category. Makes sense, right? Each event will represent the 16 rounds of the draft. So there are 16 rounds in the draft, 16 events. You will compete in these events which I think are pretty fair. There's no real skill or anything required. Sure, some require more skill than others, but I think for the most part, it's a pretty even playing field because we're not a, none of us are fucking Ken Griffey Jr. out there. None of us are uh, you know, Tom Brady or Carson Wentz or, better yet, number one jersey selling Nick Foles. We're just your average Joes. So I think that it's a pretty even playing field. So four categories. Four events in each category, 16 events in total, representing the 16 rounds of the draft. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to compete one event at a time. We're going to have 16 events. We're all going to compete against each other in these events, one event at a time. And we will we will have some kind of scoring system for each event because each event is different. And trust me, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Brad, but, like, if it's, like, running and stuff, like, I can't, like, I'm not as fast as, like, Jake or Dave or somebody like that. Well, like, whatever. That's not your event. But guess what? That's not, that doesn't matter because there's still some random element to it. I can't make it just completely based off of your prowess within certain events. So we've got it all figured out. Do not worry. But you'll compete in the 16 events. You will find a place. You will get a seating. One through ten in these events based off of things I will discuss come draft day. And based off of those seedings, so you'll get 1 through 10 for the event, that'll be your seeding for that event. Then, after all the events are complete, that's when the randomness comes in. We will pick the events out of a hat. The first event I pick, that will determine the first round. So your seeding in that particular event Say you placed fourth in that event, you will get the fourth pick in the first round. Make sense? So each round will be determined by some random pick of one of these 16 events. And depending on what you did during that event will be your pick. So if you suck dick at every single event and you place last in all of them, you're going to have the last pick in every fucking round. But that's... I think fair because you have the potential to get the first pick in every round, which is all you could ever ask for. It's an even playing field. Trust me. There are some events you won't be so good at if you're not very athletic. 
And, you know, it is what it is. This is fantasy football. You got to show up a little bit. And I'm sure that you can be unathletic, but you can still be faster than somebody else, right? Not to give you too much into what we're going to be doing. And Mike, if I so much as hear as the fact that you fucking discussed any of these events with any of these people in this league, I will make sure that you will pick last in every single event. So don't fuck with me, motherfucker. If I could give you any advice before you come, and like Mike may come, so we may allow Mike to compete in some of the events again. And trust me, he won't have any kind of advantage because if I'd learned anything the first time, it's that this was not a, a, a thing built for Mike. No offense, Mike, but you got your ass whooped by the commission's events. I think you would like to have another shot just to prove that you're not as bad as you looked in some of these events. Because I think you're better than that, brother. And I think that most of you are. But I think what would make it better, and I think what may, may, may help Mike, is to know that he's watching other people do it. He's seeing other people. and like He's not going to have any advantage of going through these events again. And if he will, we won't allow him to compete in that event. So, Mike, if you come, I'll let you compete again. I will. And that is something I will defend you against because I know everybody else is going to bitch like, oh, Mike already like, got to see it, so like he's got an advantage. No, he doesn't. Trust me. He does not. In certain events, sure. And he won't be allowed to do those again, so don't worry about it. We'll make it fair. Um, but I really think if I had to give you one piece of advice, it'd be this. Make sure you wear a good pair of shoes. If you are a um, very particular about your golf grip, because I know some of you like to grip your stick with a particular firm grip or whatever, a loose grip for some of you, if you're into that, some with lube, um, make sure you bring your own golf club. I would recommend probably whatever you use for your shortest chip. We'll leave it at that. Um, I would also be ready to, um, be ready to drink. Don't be like some pussy designated driver. I'm not going to get you like shit face drunk, but be ready to, uh, be ready to drink a little bit. Don't give me some bullshit excuse because I'll just throw you right at the bottom. So those are, I think that's all of the things that in my head I can think of that would you would want to know coming in. Other than that, just come ready to compete. Come hungry. So we will have good food. And how I'm thinking we break this down. So we've got uh, six events. Or, well, that's really shitty math. We've got <laughs> fucking eight events. Uh, that's the first two categories that I think we'll do before we eat. The next eight we'll do after we eat. And I think that'll be a nice break. Because the first eight require that you're a little bit active. The second eight, not so much. So I think that'll be fun. Um, and I also want to make sure that, you know, we keep it we keep it even Stevens. Because some of these things Mike's not going to be able to do again. And if Mike comes, I want to make sure it's, it's fair. Because that's what we're about here. And just to be clear, because I do a really shitty job of explaining things, the reason that Mike came early for a preview of the events is because he didn't think he'd be able to make it to the live draft. So we were going to just record his scores, and he probably wasn't going to come, but now he's saying he's going to come. And he's like, I'm probably 100% likely in, which is basically like, hey, Brian, I'm coming, which is fine. We love having you. Welcome back to the league. Speaking of, uh, speaking of league members... If you'll recall, last year we had to kick out one of our own, which I don't like to do. I don't want to be that kind of guy, especially to a guy I considered a, a friend. And a couple of days ago, I'm at Dispatch, which, yes, Dave, Dispatch is still together. 
I know you're going to ask me that. They actually put out a new album, which is their best to date, which is why I went to the concert. Great concert. I went to the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, which if you've never been, uh, during the summer they have a summer stage venue, which is very similar to like the Festival Pier in Philadelphia, but in Asbury Park, like almost right on the beach, fucking cool venue because it's right in front of the... uh, right in front or behind, depending on how you're looking at the Stone Pony, of the historic Stone Pony, which is a very, very, very small venue that many famous acts got their got their start at, including Bruce Springsteen. Um, I went to the Stone Pony with Zach, the newest member of our league, and before I uh, went into the venue, we ate across the street at a place called Porta, which is a great uh, little pizza joint, but not great service. That bitch took forever to get my beer. But that's okay, because that's not what they're known for. You don't go to Asbury Park, which I don't know if you've ever been there. It's basically like um, it's basically like a like uh, heroin-hopped-up version of Wildwood. And, I mean, basically the same thing. Uh, but I enjoyed Asbury Park, because it's coming back a little bit. The lesbians are coming in, and they're gentrifying. First, This is like the waves of gentrification. Ready? Here comes the first wave. That's the lesbians. And then the gay males come in and they, they help out the lesbians because there are certain things women can't do. Sorry, not to be sexist, but sometimes there's a man's job. Even if he's queer, he can do a man's job better than a woman can. So that's just the waves. There's the lesbians, the gays, and then there is like full-on gentrification. That's when the hipsters, the straight hipsters come in and they ruin everything. If it was just the gays like it is right now in Asbury Park, it's beautiful because the character is reserved. It's like the perfect mix of lesbians, uh, gay men, and like just like <laughs> fucking seedy people. So it's like this like cesspool of like just like brilliance and like culture. It's beautiful. It's very authentic. But once it gets past that, it won't be cool anymore. But that's why Asbury Park has some charm now. They've got historic venue like the Stone Pony. This place, Porta, is really good. It's right across the street from the Stone Pony. So pretty much every drunk motherfucker that leaves a concert during the summer goes right to the pizza place to get their little drunk munchies on. So Jen and I went to Porta before to get a little pizza action before we went to the concert because we were we hadn't eaten all day. We wanted to get dr- like we wanted to get drunk like good and drunk to watch Dispatch. Um, so we got some pizza at Porta, and Tom texts me. Tom texts me. A guy who, like, I kicked out of the league, like, literally, like, fucking, like, nine episodes ago. Like, I feel like it was almost a season ago because we've had so many episodes in between of me kicking time out of the league and now that I cannot believe that this motherfucker texted me while I was at Dispatch, nonetheless, ready to meet up with Zach, who will be replacing Tom. And he texts me this. He says, hey, I just want to let you know, this year during fantasy football, I'm going to be active... I'm going to be, like, so into it. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I miss you. Well, there was only one problem with that, Tom. And if you're listening, congratulations. You figured out how to work the podcast app on your phone. But I got some bad news, brother. You got kicked out a long time ago. You've been out longer than Michael Jackson's been dead. And you can drop an album as fire as bad or as fire as Thriller. But you still wouldn't get back in this league because you were a shitty participant. And let that be a lesson to everybody. Guys, this is a league about participation and just being active. Like, it doesn't take much. It's like literally like the most minimal effort. You got to like open an app on your phone while you're taking a shit, set your lineup for the week, close it, 
and then open it up maybe while you're driving to work. You're fucking, maybe you jerk off to my podcast. I don't know what you do, but like you listen to the podcast. Like it's not that fucking hard. He couldn't do either of those things. He couldn't set his lineup, couldn't listen to the podcast, couldn't fucking be bothered, but wants to be in the league. Get the fuck out of here, brother. You're not in the league. We've replaced you with someone who I will think he's going to do much better. He's going to be much more active. And if he's not, we'll kick his fucking ass out too and we'll replace him with somebody else. So Zach, you better be active, brother. This is how this works. That's the way of the league. But I did go to dispatch with Zach. We had a great time. And my wife was very drunk, which is fine. Um, we <laughs> Just a fucking like weird venue. Like you just like standing room all like the whole time. I'll admittedly... Zach let me rip his pen, which Zach has some good pen cron. Like, my God. This thing I took, like, just, like, two quick hits of. And I literally thought every person in this place is going to about, like, it was literally about to, like, Mandalay Bay this shit. There's this one kid standing with his hands in his pocket looking all, like, weird and sketchy. Like, not swaying to the music, bobbing his head to the music like a normal person does. Literally just standing there like a fucking psychopath. I thought at any minute this kid's going to just like whip out the AK and start blowing motherfuckers away. So I stayed far away from that motherfucker because I didn't want to get roped into any of that shit. I ain't trying to get blown away at a dispatch concert. Fuck that. Um, If you want to blow me away, like fucking like at work, like whatever. I see that coming. Like I know how that feels. You come into the office and you're just like, fuck this shit. I'm going to kill everybody. Like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense to me. I can digest that. You go to a dispatch concert where everything's chill and fun and happy, and you start fucking shooting motherfuckers? Like, I can't understand that. I'm like, I'd literally be there in the crowd dying, like, bleeding out, and I'd be like, why the fuck did you do this? This doesn't make any sense. I was just trying to listen to Flying Horses, and you shot me in the fucking, like, in the chest, and I'm dying. Fuck that. I don't want to die that way. So, Zach, I apologize for being a little paranoid, but your pen was, like, some fire shit, and I got a little bit paranoid, and I thought everybody was trying to kill me. And I also, like, my, my wife was drunk, and I, I was trying to just like, keep tabs on that. So it is what it is. We had a great time, though. Honestly, great venue. I highly recommend checking out a summer show uh, stage, our summer stage show at the Stone Pony. Again, like, you can go to the Festival Pier. It's probably the same thing. <laughs> but uh, a little bit different of a feel. Just fun. If you find a band you like, you just go see them somewhere cool. That's what I did. Um but we're very excited to have Zach in the league. I can guarantee you right now, I, uh, Zach is going to be much better and much more active than Tom. And I think that Zach will actually make the playoffs in year one. That's my that's my bold prediction for the year. And I'm very excited to have BJ shifting over to the Gentile division. Because I think me and BJ got a little bit of a rivalry going on now. Right, BJ? So draft August 25th. Make sure you're there. Be there or be a fucking piece of shit and i i'm excited though because i think dave's actually going to come and because this guy is just like so determined to make sure that he lives up to his punishment because that's a true man that's a true supporter of the fantasy football league i appreciate you dave and thank you for making it so easy for me to appreciate you um a couple things i want to note because i'm going to move on we're going on to like bigger and better things have you guys ever been to pdq it's, I think it stands for pretty darn quick or pretty, uh, pretty like detailed quality or whatever the fuck PDQ actually stands for. It's basically like a higher, uh, like a higher quality Chick-fil-A. And I know, I know what you're thinking, Brent, Chick-fil-A, 
that's one of the best restaurants in the entire world. Like that establishment churns you in and out with just like a smile and a pep in their step. I know. But if you go to, if you really want to like incredible, just phenomenal chicken sandwich, you got to go to PDQ. PDQ, there's one on uh, Haddonfield Berlin Road, right before the Cherry Hill Mall. I am guaranteeing you this is the best chicken sandwich you will ever have. Better than Chick-fil-A. If you want a sandwich that is sweet and spicy, you can get it at PDQ. If you want any kind of chicken, like what, however you like your crispy chicken sandwich, PDQ is going to fuck shit up. They're going to just like put a hole in your fucking head and just blow you away. They're going to take their dick and fuck your ear because they're going to blow your mind. You know what makes them a little bit better than Chick-fil-A too? Not much. They're, they're better than Chick-fil-A. By like uh, by like a good margin, but you know what makes them separate themselves from the pack from Chick Fil A? They're open on fucking Sunday. Cause you ever go like Sunday is my most hungover day. Like I want fucking Chick Fil A on Sunday, but oh my god, we believe in Jesus and we hate fags, so we can't have we can't serve you delicious spicy chicken sandwiches on Sunday. Well, fuck you, Chick Fil A. I'm taking my ass over to PDQ, where guess what? I don't like your waffle fries. I think they're soggy and gross and not satisfying. A little too potato-y for me. I'm going to go to PDQ to get some like very like nicely crispy fries. Nice crispy fry. Nice and salty. And boom. The only thing I think that PDQ is lacking that Chick-fil-A beats them on is that service. You can't beat the Chick-fil-A service, but... Man, they must like whip those kids through like some kind of factory where they just like brainwash them like they're some kind of cult and about to drink some Kool-Aid because those kids are just too nice. They're they're ready to serve. PDQ, you know, it's a little bit more of your like Chante or Chantel and uh they're they're just there to collect a paycheck, which hey, if I'm serving you minimum wage chicken sandwiches for like fucking whatever minimum wage is now, I don't even know. I'm probably going to give you a little attitude too when you ask me for a little bit of extra sauce. So I get it, but I'm willing to take that little bit of extra attitude for a little bit of extra deliciousness at PDQ, which I'm pretty sure stands for like pretty, like pretty decent quality or like pretty darn good. In my mind, it stands for pretty damn quick or whatever the fuck PDQ because it's PDQ, not PDG. And apparently I'm drunk and I'm on, I'm all one PDQ, eat their fucking chicken. Try it out. Trust me. You're going to love it. That's a commish stamp and staple. PDQ. While we're on the topic of chickens, uh, I've added to my flock, in case you want to like keep up with Chicken Watch 2018, uh, in the spring we added three chickens. So this is now the uh, the third like wave of the flock, if you will, because we had the original five, three of which were murdered in cold blood by aerial predators. Um, so we have two of those left. And we bought two more. So that's the uh, the silky chicken that we have, which is the fuzzy little chicken that looks like uh, an old man. And then Dina, who uh, is a Plymouth Rock, who is a uh, who's our best egg layer. She's like mama hen. She's big mama in the in the flock. So that was the like they're pretty much the core four. They've been around the longest. So we introduced three more to the pretty much core flock. Um, two cream leg bars and an I am Samani. Very exotic chickens. I don't know if you, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses or the chickens. And uh, basically, 
the cream leg bars are blue egg layer. They lay blue eggs. They're a, pretty much a designer breed. Actually, fun fact, the uh, the cream leg bar was a uh, a genetic perfection, <coughs> actually perfected by uh, the guy who invented the Punnett square. I, uh, may, let's say his name is Charles Punnett. I don't know if his name's Charles, John, or fucking Gary, but his last name was Punnett, right? He developed the Punnett square, and he crossed a leg bar with an Aracuno. An Aracuno is a very, like, genetically inferior, recessive trait chicken that lays blue eggs. And the leg bar is a very, like, hearty, just stable, salt-of-the-earth type of chicken. So he crossbred the two of them, and he finally found one that was just fucking right. Just laid blue eggs and was super hardy. Now we got two of those cream leg bars. They're laying blue eggs. They're our best egg layers. Their eggs are fucking delicious. I'm going to sell them to like $4 a fucking piece to hipsters somewhere in Fishtown or Brooklyn. We also got an I.M. Samani, which is a black chicken. They're black inside and out. That means they bleed black. They have black balls and black hearts and black livers. They're black everywhere, inside and out. Pretty fucking cool chicken, um, more so when they're a rooster. Ours is a hen, and she's a fucking cunt. She just sits in the fucking, uh, the little, like, nesting box and hogs it up and doesn't let anybody else lay any eggs in there. So we had to put in more. She's a bitch, but I love her. Her name's Donda, after Kanye West's mother. So I thought that was appropriate. Uh, we also now have added, um, initially we had bought three little chicks. Um, the two chicks ganged up on the one chick and pecked it to death. It was, an, it was a little top hat. Top hats are these little goofy birds that grow up to look like uh, Antonio Banderas. Um, but they didn't, she didn't quite make it to that point. She died in infancy because these other two birds just pecked her to death. And actually, one of those two birds was the original Americana, which is another crossbreed of the Aracuna who lays blue eggs, and she would have been an olive egg layer, but she developed some kind of weird, like, stroke palsy and just died upstairs doing little dance dance moves, like break dancing in her cage that we would keep these, like, baby chickens in, and she died. So, like, the the one chicken that was left from these three chicks that we got, these three little ones was a jersey, just like a jersey blue, just your standard gray chicken. She's like the fucking angel of death. Any chicken that's ever lived with her has died. One died, the, uh, the first I.M. Samani we got died from like Merrick's disease, which is like basically like, it's technically chicken herpes, but it's more like chicken cancer. And she fucking died. Uh, she, she was one of the ones that pecked at the fucking little baby hen and killed her. And then, like, her buddy dies from doing breakdancing moves. So she's, like, literally the only one left. And we were like, fuck, we were going to integrate. Because it's hard to integrate chickens. You've got to kind of have to integrate them in groups. Because otherwise they get picked on. That's just kind of what happens. And they will literally, like, they will pick on one so much that they'll kill it. They don't fucking care. They don't have any, like, manners. They're chickens. They have a pecking order. If you've ever heard the term pecking order, it comes from chickens. Because they literally determine a pecking order. They rank you, like the power rankings. What the rankings? Unless you have power. And that's what the chickens do. They determine a packing order. And they figure out, like, the rooster's the top dude. He's the top dog. This one, she's a little bitch. She's at the bottom of the pecking order. That's what happens. So if you're at the bottom of the pecking order, you don't want to be there. And if you are introduced as a single chicken, you're automatically at the bottom of the pecking order. 
So we had to get this little gray one, who is the angel of death, some friends. So we went to the local auction. Yeah, I know. Livestock auction. Only in South Jersey. We had to go to Elmer, New Jersey. I don't know if you know Elmer, New Jersey. It's further south than me. It's basically Kentucky. Where the people there, they're there to buy some livestock and some food for livestock. Like, they literally auction everything off at this place. Like, you could go and buy junk. Like, if you ever watched Hoarders and wonder, like, what do they do with all the shit that they haul away from Hoarders? They bring it to the Elmer auction and auction it off to, like, people that are even worse than the people on Hoarders. So that's, like, the first wave of auctions. Then they wait, Then they auction off, like, hay and um, straw and all this other, like, commercial farm equipment and, like, farm materials. And then, like, that's the second wave. Third wave. We get Now we're getting into some fun stuff. We're getting into, like, the livestock auction. So they start with the goats. And the goats are the most pricey item there because everybody apparently wants a fucking goat. Goats go for, like, $125 a pop. I guess if it's a goat that produces, like, milk or meat, they're going for a little bit higher of a price. If it's just more of an ornate goat, they're going for, like, probably, like, between, like, 50 and $65. But most of those goats went for like over 100 bucks. This makes me think that people are going to just like straight kill them and eat them for meat or like their balls. I don't know what people eat goats for. But then they move from the goats. Sometimes they have pigs. Sometimes they have horses, whatever. Whatever they have that day that people brought to, the au- to be auctioned off, they auction off. It gets to the chickens. And I'm talking like literally a wall of caged birds. Just like if you could imagine like Little tiny cages. I'm talking like maybe a uh, a four by four cage, if that. Three by three cage. Each cage is just like filled with chickens. And sometimes if they're big enough, the chicken has its own cage. If they're like little tiny birds, they get their like own cage. But you have to auction. They basically auction off cage by cage by cage. And it's like a legit auction. Like there's the guy that's like, how many of the I gotta get a one five and one five and one five and the can I get two dollars, two dollars, can I get like three dollars maybe two fifty, two fifty, two fifty, two fifty sold to the guy with the red hat. Like that's what this shit is like. And when I say two fifty, like two dollars and fifty cents, not two hundred and fifty dollars, that's pretty much what these chickens go for. In general, a chicken costs anywhere between one three dollars. In general. So if you get a chicken that is a, like a little bit more rare, they can go for a little bit more. Like a Polish top hat, like I talked about earlier. The little hat, like they got little, literally look like little hats on their head. Little pomps. If you took a pom-pom and put it on a chicken's head, that is a Polish top hat. Google it. It's a goofy looking fucking bird. We go to the auction. Immediately we're drawn to the Polish top hats because they're the most exciting bird there. And I go to this auction thinking like, you know, I'm probably going to drop like a good $100. I don't know what a chicken costs. We get there and they start auctioning off this shit. Literally for like <laughs> 10 to 15 cents on the dollar. I'm just like, all right, I'm about to walk away with all of this shit. And I'm telling you, they're auctioning off everything from fucking commercial farm equipment to food. And when I say food, it's not just food for like chickens and horses and goats. They had kangaroo food there. Who the fuck owns a kangaroo in South Jersey? The, the one guy was like, oh, yeah, I buy kangaroo food. I'm like, what do you do with it? He's like, oh, you know, we just feed it to stuff. I'm like, who are you feeding kangaroo food to? You got, like, a guy you lock up in your basement, you just fucking fuck with his head, and you feed him kangaroo food? No. 
I feed it to my goats. So goats are eating kangaroo food. But I, I still think he has a dude locked up in his basement. That's neither here nor there. So we see this cage. There's one cage in the like fucking wall of cages of Polish top hats. Initially, I had no idea that like you buy the cage, you buy all the chickens inside of it. So there's three ki- three chickens in one cage. I'm like, I get a little carried away. It was like one of the last things to be auctioned off. And I'm like, this is the first thing I'm bidding on. I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm fucking ready. I got my like little, I got my number. Most people are just like, they have like a like subtle like head nod to this guy, but I don't know the guy well enough. I'm clearly an outsider. I don't know, dude, like most of the people here, like you ever wonder how Trump won the election? It's the people that go to like an auction, like the Elmer auction. That's who put Trump over the edge. These people came out to vote. And not only did they come out to vote, they came out to fucking throw some money down, some livestock. So I'm at the auction. I'm ready to go. The Polish top hat cage comes up. There's two cages of Polish top hats, like older top hats and a little bit younger. Like I'm talking like babies. And here we go. He's like, all right, we're going to set the bidding at like a dollar. Can I get a dollar twenty-five? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25? $1.25
and we all we go separate ways and we're happy. So now I've got three Polish top hats to put with my gray bird, who's the angel of death, to integrate into the bigger flock. So I put those, the one with three, immediately the Polish top hats bully this gray bird. Like I'm talking like merc- merciless. Just like no mercy, just bullying this bitch. Until one day, it took a long time, a couple weeks, they finally become friends. So now, they're all together. All the chickens are together. I got 11 chickens. I'm outside. I'm doing my morning routine where I I talk to them. I give them some mealworms or vegetables, whatever's left over from the garden. I'm looking at these chickens, and I hear this fucking noise that sounds like uh, I, I shoved a, literally like I shoved a rubber chicken down a garbage disposal. It's like, I'm like, that's not my rooster. Who the fuck is that? I look down. One of these little top hats, this goofy looking fucker who looks like, he literally looks like a, like a some kind of Spanish matador. If you see him, you'll understand what I'm talking about. He's trying to co- he's trying his damnedest to cock-a-doodle-doo. I'm like, I thought you were a hen. I thought you were going to lay me some eggs. Not only did that one cock-a-doodle-doo, but this other one I'm looking at, I'm like, you guys look exactly the same. You're probably a rooster too. I honestly think that these top hats who I plan on integrating, and I don't want any more roosters. Like, I got one rooster. He's a dickhead. This rooster, like, fucking, he takes his spurs and he jams them into my, like, legs and my shins and my thighs and my dick. I don't need another one. I got, potentially, I have three more roosters. These top hats are potentially all three roosters, which never dawned on me when I was auctioning. Like, I was just, like, caught up in the moment. I saw cool birds that I wanted, and I just, like, I just put in the, like, bid for them, and I won them. Never did it cross my mind that these motherfuckers might turn out to be roosters, which now I think they are. That's all right. They're much more docile. They don't attack me. They honestly, I honestly don't think they can see. When you see them, you'll know what I mean. You'll be like, "Wow, that's a goofy fucking chicken." Anyway, I'm gonna wrap it up soon. I know I'm. I know I'm rambling. I'm drunk, and I promise to polish it up a little bit more before we hit the live stream on SoundCloud for the general audience. But this is just for you guys. So like, let's get the drunk ones in. Get work the kinks out. No, huh? I was up in Boston this weekend, and. Boston's an interesting city because it's a lot like Philadelphia and it's just a little bit different of a vibe. It's more of like, so like Philadelphia to me is more like your factory worker type of guy, like uh, your construction worker, like your, your salt of the earth type of dude. New England is almost the same thing, but it's mostly like old dock workers and like fishermen and people who were like literally like, like commercial fishermen. And like, so it's like the same vibe, different culture. You know what I mean? Boston is very similar to Philadelphia in the sense that a very historic area, a lot of pretty much like prominent historical events in a smaller city than New York. Boston to me, though, feels like a small scale Philadelphia. It feels very small. In fact, like the north end of Boston, which I think I find to be one of the more like fascinating parts of the city is very small. Like you could walk end to end, top to bottom, in probably like a solid like 45 minutes. Like I'm talking like you go from one end to the other, top to bottom in 45 minutes. You see everything there is to see. Um, for the rest of the city, it's it's pretty cool, interesting, but 
nothing on the north end. The north end of Boston is by far the coolest part because it's got all of the old vibe. It's got all of the old Italian joints. It's got all of like the um the just like the good food, like the cobblestone streets. What you pretty much want to go to Boston for. And Jen and I were up there for a christening this weekend. And I figured, you know, why not take the opportunity to flaunt, you know? How often do I get to go to uh, New England The uh, in the last, like, tw- like, 15, 20 years? The sports mecca of the fucking world when it comes to championships. And flaunt my championship. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you guys... You guys are like, ah, oh, man, when was it? When was this? When did this happen? It was like, I want to say it was like um, February. Was it February or January? No, it was definitely February. Like we're uh, we're a backup quarterback, um, and a backup, um, backup left tackle, um, a backup uh, running back, and a backup backup pretty much fucking everything. Whooped the ass of the greatest coach all time and the greatest quarterback all time won the, their first Super Bowl. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, bro. Fucking guess what? Like, we won, like, a bunch of Super Bowls. Oh, wow. That's cool. But did you win the most recent one? No, you didn't. Your team's going to suck dick for the next, like, five to ten years because I guarantee you we are the team that broke the Patriots and that fucking shit happened. I could, I can, I can't tell you how good it felt to just walk around Boston just with my head held high. And sure, the fucking Celtics beat us in the NBA like playoffs, but who fucking gives a shit? They didn't win shit, so it doesn't fucking matter. It's basically like we're slightly better than you, and we have a promising future. Who cares? Your coach looks like a pedophile. Anyway, I think I should probably wrap it up. I'm getting a little too drunk, and uh, I pretty much got everything out I needed to say. August twenty fifth. The draft, Saturday, August 25th, Saturday, Saturday, August 25th. Did I get that clear? We're going to start around 12 p.m. Show up at 12, plan to start by 1. Show up at 12, plan to start by 1. If you come here at 1.15, I'm going to kick you right in the fucking teeth. All right, so August 25th is the draft. Make sure you can come. If you can't come, let me know. Um, remember to follow us on SoundCloud. I'm on SoundCloud now. Go on SoundCloud, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, leave a review. Leave a review, leave a comment, just rate me with some stars. That helps move me up in the podcast world. So please remember to do that. And uh, we'll see you next time, and I promise it'll be more polished, but we're working out the kinks, so fuck off. Talk an interesting mission. You see, my love just left me, so I'm on my own. And my heart's banged up, looking for a foster home. And the highway moon is getting me dizzy. A mirage of Medusa Atop of an Appaloosa What I wouldn't do to be with you in your caboose I'm whispering to Mr. Beck Now who's the real loser Here I come again a midnight lorry I think I might be moving along There's a lot of places I gotta get to I know you're out there But I never even met you Take me to the land of no worry And then I just keep playing this song Mr. Driver, I hear the music play Me back to the rear I haven't been many places
places and I definitely haven't been here to think I was just a lonely soul in the cold with my thumb out and now I'm rolling smoke and being told to stick my tongue out and we bounced and blared and so did that lorry she teased my hair and helped me close with a story of ragtag visions as the moonlight poured in second side of the right straight on till morning here come again a midnight lorry I think I might be moving along there's a lot of places I gotta get I know you're out there, but I never even met you Take me to the land of no worry And then I just keep playing this song Mr. Driver, I hear the music playing And I see the lights, will you throw me a ride? Looking at her face, looking at the sun She said you can't ask of everybody Driver, I hear the music playing and I see the lights.